I almost said Yoda, and I was like, that's not... <laughs> I mean, Calabunga isn't a greeting either. Well, then, Yoda. Welcome to episode 18 of LMNOP. LMNOP. It's a podcast about the greatest show on television. The Elementary. Golden Grails. What? The Golden Grails. What is that? It's, it's a show you like with the old ladies. I've never seen it before, but I thought that's what you were going to say. They're always barbecuing. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's it. One of them always roasts the others. <laughs> that is true of the Golden Girls. No, best show on television that's ever been aired is Elementary. <gasps> on CBS? Yeah. Why do you always say that? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I think, because, because people say BBC Sherlock. Uh-huh. So I think of this as CBS is Elementary. CBS. CBS. <laughs> Go down for some band-aids, some milk. <laughs> Some elementary. Some $5 milk. <laughs> milk should not be twice as expensive as gas. Yeah. Well. Or we should just start drinking gas. The fuel you need. See, electrolytes the plants crave. <laughs> I'm Val Flight Cub. I'm the host of this here potted cast. And uh, you can call me the fiddler on the tube. Ha <laughs> ha. And I'm Alec, your werewolf-turned-magician, a.k.a. Fiddler on the Tube. What? (laughs) 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 Oh, are you having a bit of deja vu? All over again. Deja vu. Well, I guess guess in this case it would be um, deja vu. Uh, which is French for um, already heard, whereas déjà vu is already viewed or is that, already seen. Is that true? A uh, déjà vu? Uh, yeah, uh, no, no. Who is not? I once knew the French word for here, mm-hmm. um, and then but no so, longer. Someone told it to you again, and you were like, "Yeah, I've been déjà new." <laughs> we are talking about season one, episode eighteen of CBS's Elementary called deja vu all over again so apply that knowledge to the last couple of minutes while we've been making deja vu jokes and now you get it and if you didn't like the jokes well i i hope they started to deja grew on you mm. yeah the phrasing was not perfect but what you should do is you should um go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to this all again so then you can be like i've heard all i feel like i've heard all this before <laughs> you know and you'll get it you'll understand if we if we want to lemony snicket it up in here, what you could do, Val, the editor, me, is just replay the last two minutes. Cowabunga! I almost said Yoda. I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Because I don't feel like doing that. That sounds like you're a coward. But all right. This episode begins six months ago. We see a violinist on the subway platform, 
a fiddler in the tube, if you will. Uh-huh. And a woman gets some flowers from a random guy. And he's like, and she's like, oh my gosh. And then she's on the phone with her friend and she's like, yeah, he said she he was going to his girlfriend's house and she canceled t- a dozen red roses. It's, it's such a nice, uh, maybe things are finally turning around. But as we all know, every rose has its thorn. And also you can't say maybe things are finally turning around for me. In a murder mystery show. Because <laughs> uh, she gets pushed in front of the train. She, what? Yeah. She doesn't fall uh, uh, fall in love? No, she falls in the train tracks. Dang. It's bad. I bet she wish she rose up out of the track. Mm. Just adding insult to injury of death. Yeah, well, it was six months ago. <laughs> get, get over it. So... Joan is with her... Oh, well, well uh, before that happens, somebody asks the, the, the fiddler on the tube uh, to move, and he says, I can't. I've always played here. It's tradition. Yeah, that does happen. And then we go to a bar where Joan is with her friends, and they've had the cutest babies in all New York. Aww. She's looking at their pictures on their, on her, their phone, and, you know, she's just... Chatting with her friends, fun little talk. She's uh, making fun of them for one of them for never getting any action in college. It sounds that sounds really weird. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> what did you study? Um, but then it comes up that Joan is wrapping up with a client on Friday, and they're like, "Oh wow, you're being a sober companion. Like, how's that going?" And um, you know, they're kind of like. How's the sober companion thing? And then she's like, "You mean the career? It's going great." And they're like, "Well, we're proud of you. Like you, you quit being a doctor and you still found a way to help people." A toast to Joan. And Joan is like, "And the baby." Don't let the baby drink. <laughs> a toast for the baby. <laughs> and then she gets a call from this rehab facility that gives her some clients sometimes, also known as the people that know Sherlock. What? I don't know. You don't know the name of the place. No, of course not. Why wouldn't you know it? I don't write down things. Or I don't write remember it down them. either. Okay. What's it called? Hemdale. Ah. Where Sherlock went, so. All I remember is it has a, a, a gardener that takes care of bees nice. Bees nice? He, he takes care of bees in a nice manner. Oh. <laughs> I thought this was kind of like a 69 nice <laughs> and you're like he takes care of bees nice, nice. anyway um, and also she gets this call from Hemdale and they're like we have this peculiar client we think you'd be great for and they've sent her a PDF multiple page PDF of his patient files and she's scrolling through and her fingers are going up and the pages are going right to left <laughs> so A plus anyway clearly her phone is just broken <laughs> It's it's just the same animation that they always have, but it's it's to show that Joan is directionless. <laughs> That's good. So then we cut smash cut to the future, the present. You might say, you should say, because it is the present. Mm, current times. And Joan is breaking into a car. What a a great cut this was. She's got a slim Jim, and she. Unlocks the car and she gets in and the car alarm is going off and she's hot wiring it. She's trying to hot wire it. 
snipping the wires. It's not working. Yeah, if only she uh, had as great of a cut as the TV show did. <laughs> but she didn't. <laughs> and now I'm wondering why is she so bad at breaking into cars, and why why is she breaking into cars? Well, she's practicing. What? She's learning how to from Alfredo, Alfredo. who is in the passenger seat. She's like, okay, I give up. Just turn it off. And he's like, you can't be distracted by these things. Alarms make noises. That's just what they do. You're going to have to focus through it. Yeah. And she's like, look at us. Sherlock's sponsor and ex-sober companion. And here we are breaking into cars. And uh, she's like, how is he, by the way? And this, like, in terms of sobriety. He's like, he's doing good. He's in a good place. Especially now that you said you wanted to be a detective. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Alfredo's nice. He is. Because, because even he compliments her on breaking into the car. Yes. Uh, in record time. Yes. Even if she doesn't hotwire it. Yes. Baby steps. So she gets a text from Sherlock that says, WTSN, Watson, need the letter U... Post haste. All nine letters. Like he he took out the vowels in Watson and used the capital letter U instead of the word U. And then he was like, post haste. There's no other way to say that. Now. Definitely not ASAP. Or now. Three letters now. Or an already established short. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. You could have said that. I mean, ASAP is still better than post haste. Yes. It makes no sense, Sherlock. And his text ends in a period. Period. I don't know what that means. I keep seeing it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So Joan gets home and Sherlock says, I have dreadful news. I've just heard from my father. Oh, no. One of his agents of chaos has reached out to me. One of my father's flying monkeys. (laughs) I was just about to say flying monkeys. (laughs) Great minds. And he's like, I guess... I really, I guess my dad really is holding me to me saying I would owe him for that pittance he lent us. Oh, I did him a favor and now I gotta do it. Yeah, I did him a favor and now I have to do it. Yeah, you heard me. (laughs) (laughs) And Joan is like, you mean the $2.2 million he lent you? And Sherlock is like, I gave it right back. Yeah, I was gonna say, he gave it right back. Yeah. So... Ah, whatever. He still had to liquidate some cash for that. At, at this point, um, doesn't Sherlock also uh, compare his father to Bernie Madoff and Hitler? Um, no. So he says, um, my dad wants us to do a job for his lawyer. And I'm sure the lawyer has a client that's a combination of Bernie Madoff and Hitler. Ah. Or, as I wrote down, the last thing I wrote down in this episode was... Bernie Madoff Hitler. Yeah, Bernie Madoff Hitler. Damn. And that's it for me, folks. Just because you didn't write down any more jokes, you're not going to say any more jokes? Empty brain. How's that different from, different from any other time that we do anything together? Em- or apart? Empty brain. No thoughts had empty. All right. So, they're at a skyscraper, and Sherlock is looking at the window. And he's like, wow, it's impressive. And Joan looks out the window and she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm at the glass. It's bulletproof. It's pretty high tech. I recognize what kind it is. You should read my monograph about it. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't say that, but that's something he says a lot. You know what would be cool? Cool glass would be a a window 
made out of like a magnifying glass. But you like you could turn it on and off. But just like you're like, oh, top floor. I want to like see out over the the cityscape. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Using the window. I just want to live in the future. Hmm. Sounds like it would be used for peeping. Perverted things only. No. That's not why I want it. You could zoom in on people's credit cards numbers, too, while they pay the street vendor (laughs) with their credit card. (laughs) Those guys have all kinds of things now. Hot dog. $1.75 for a hot dog. I hope he takes a credit card. (laughs) So the lawyer comes and greets them. And uh, Sherlock had been saying that his dad's lawyer is probably the shyster of all shysters. And he greets the lawyer. The lawyer's like, hello, you must be Sherlock and Joan. And Sherlock says, did you know that shyster is German for someone who defecates? <laughs> and I was like, Sherlock, we're trying to avoid saying peep and poop all the time in our episodes. I don't think podcast. I've even mentioned poop once in the last four you're going to be proven wrong somehow or another. I don't... Nah, there's there's no way to prove me wrong. <laughs> Got me there. So the lawyer is like, well, actually, I don't want this for me. I want you to help my secretary, Rebecca. He's like, I recognize the fact that I'm the devil, but you won't be helping the devil. You'll be helping the devil's buddy. Assistant. But she's a little blonde lady, so... She's regular size. Yeah, I guess the shyster is just really tall. In my memory, they're the same height, so I don't understand what's happening in your memory. Mm. I guess to me, um, I've always put lawyers on a pedestal because my stepfather was a lawyer and he never loved me. I've never had a stepfather. That punchline would be funnier if it was just I've always put lawyers on a pedestal. Mm. I've always put lawyers on a pedestal ever since watching Better Call Saul. <laughs> it doesn't work if you talk about it metaphorically. It's it's funny because oh, <laughs> oh you're on a <laughs> yeah, you'd be pretty tall. <laughs> Where would you be without me? Anyway, so the thing. <laughs> so the thing that Rebecca wants uh, is help uh, finding her sister, who is possibly missing, possibly dead, possibly ran away, but probably not. Maybe she, maybe she ran away. Maybe she got killed. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> yeah, so there's this video that's like a Dear John letter, but a video of Callie, the, Rebecca's sister, saying... To my husband, I don't love you anymore, and I'm leaving you. Sorry. I haven't been... I've been thinking about this ever since the lady with the flowers on the subway. So she... Yeah, so she says, um, I've been thinking about it for a while, and I thought I would just give us more time, but that woman dying on the subway with the flowers just reminded me that life is short. So... Yeah. Goodbye. I'm leaving you. See ya. So the sister is like, I just, it doesn't seem like her that she would run away and she would just completely not, you know, this was six months ago. I haven't heard from her at all. And we're sisters. We're sisters. And she was like, you know, when it first happened, it was believable because, you know, she's run away before. A year and a half ago, she left her husband and um, got back with him. And I didn't even hear about it till they got back together, till after it had happened. It was Maybelline. 
Because they make up. (laughs) So Rebecca thinks that um, Callie's husband forced her to make this video or somehow faked it. So that when he killed her, he could be like, no, she left. She ran away. See? Video. Now, the other thing that leads Rebecca to think that Callie is dead. There's another thing she has to get off her chest? Yes. It's the... What? I wasn't expecting that pun. (laughs) What pun? What are you talking about? Callie and Rebecca were inherited this big trunk, you could say a chest, ah. from their grandfather. And Rebecca was supposed to hold it, but her apartment was too small, so Callie was holding it for now. And then the chest disappeared. The trunk. They never called it a chest. They always called it a trunk. Yeah, I know. I, it threw me off. I wasn't even making a pun. Uh-huh. So Callie was holding it at her house until um, Rebecca moved and then, but when Callie went missing, the trunk also went missing. Rebecca's like, I think he killed her and put her in the trunk and threw the trunk in the, you know, whatever. And now that's why she's gone. The Pentasonic. The Pentasonic? Yeah, that's a river in New Jersey, New York area, right? It doesn't sound like it. Eh, could be. So then the, the lawyer is like, our firm investigators have found bupkis. Which I'm glad I'm glad he said this because um, I, I literally had the thought: Is Sherlock the first person they're going to with this? <laughs> I'm just like, ah, I think I think we need this really great detective. Yeah, let's just go to the number one detective. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, anyway. So they take the case and they're stepping out of the hallway to talk about it. And Joan is like, "Well, so what do you think? You think she's dead? You think she really ran away? Whatever." And Sherlock is like, "She didn't fake the video. It was not forced." And Joan is like, how do you know? And he's like, well, because the face is like a peepus. <laughs> Just like a wiener, it's got a mind of its own, and it gives us away. And apparently, uh, Sylvan Tompkins was a behavioral something or other who came up with that theory. Mm. Yes, uh, sometimes when my face um, has a, a gentle breeze on it, it, it grows larger. <laughs> I lost the metaphor there. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so Sherlock is like, her nose wings were, you know, I don't know. They weren't, they weren't flapping in distress. Mm -hmm. Her jaw was relaxed. She was excited to be leaving him. So Sherlock is like, this girl took off. She's gone. She's in the wind. And Joan, you should be the one to find her. This should be your first solo case. Yeah, Joan's like, let's find her. And... Sherlock's like, yeah, you should go find her. You should go find her. This is a case with training wheels. It's a perfect first case because detectives have to find missing people all the time. Yeah, Joan's like, how am I going to find her? She she left. She doesn't want to be found. And Sherlock's like, yeah, most people detectives look for are trying not to be found Mm -hmm. because they just murdered somebody and are on the lamb. Right. But at least this woman is just, you know, doesn't like her husband. Yeah, she's not running from the law. She's just running from the husband. Uh. And Sherlock is like, and I will look into the pusher that killed that woman with the flowers. And uh, he does this thing where he's like, so we both have new cases. And he holds up his phone and like wiggles it around while he's talking. He's pulled up an article of the woman that Mm. got pushed on the the phone. That's, That's why it's in his hands. Yeah. But yeah, the little wiggle, happy, we both have cases dance he does. Yeah. 
cute. It is. You should watch the show. It's good. So <laughs> then we get a very short intro. Apparently, this intro was only used like in four episodes or something. But this is just and the word elementary, the title card of elementary. Not even a glimpse of a marble. Nope. There's no scissors cut, nothing. Nobody's trying to escape and get That mouse got away. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't have time to catch him today. So they're back at the brownstone. Sherlock is watching the security tapes. And he's like, you know, I feel kind of bad that I didn't catch this pusher, you know, when it first happened. But I was at Hemdale and um, I was in lockdown. And Jonah's like, okay, lockdown is a bit extreme. And Sherlock's like, "Um, they, a couple days into my stay, decided that I wasn't allowed to have newspapers anymore because police blotters would rile me up. (laughs) And Joan was like, you? No. No, you're a perfectly calm individual. You're normal. So Sherlock is watching this video and he's like, this pusher is like hiding his face from from the cameras. He seems like he's been here before. It's like premeditated. He Jonas, cased the joint. He cased the joint. And Joan is like, well, okay. He's a crazy pusher guy. What? And Sherlock's like, well, usually pushers are like a different kind of crazy killer. So he's like, security cameras, not helping. Sherlock, Sherlock says that the, the security cameras might not be helpful, but the sketch he got from eyewitnesses made it so he absolutely knows what the killer looks like. And he holds up a wanted poster of a man in a hood with a beard. And sunglasses. And it's, it's the Unabomber. <laughs> and Joan is like, since it's you, I don't know if you're kidding or not. And then he crumples up the picture and he's like, this is useless. <laughs> um, so now Joan is updating Sherlock on her, her case. And she's like, you know, I talked to the husband. Uh, I'm going to go talk to him tomorrow at his art gallery and do my best Columbo impression. And Sherlock is like, Blink, blink. And Joan is like, it, he's a, never mind. <laughs> and Sherlock is like, this is exciting, Joan. You'll get, you're going to introduce yourself for the first time as a consulting detective. Ooh, what a fancy name. And Joan is like, that is a silly name. I'm not sure about that one. Do you think she thinks it's silly or that she's not living up to it yet? That she's not detective enough? To give her that title. Honestly, it's probably the second one, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's how it's played in the show, but I would... I mean, I guess if you are a consulting detective, you can't be like, that's a goofy thought. <laughs> it's like, okay, but you live it every day, so... Yeah. How goofy is it? So, Joan gets a call from her friend who matched her up with the guy from all those episodes ago, the married guy. Oh, uh-huh. Emily, the Emily. one... Yeah, well, he was he was only technically married. Yeah, but he was married. Yeah. But she didn't know. And uh, anyway, so she calls, she, Joan gets a call from her. And Joan is like, hey. And Emily's like, hey, did you forget that we were going to hang out today? And Joan is like, fuck, sorry. Yeah, it was supposed to be happening right now. <laughs> I am drinking alone in a bar. Thank you. Yep. And so they reschedule for the next day. At eight. So it's the next day, the morning, and Joan goes to talk to the husband of the dead, missing, run off woman. And he has no eyebrows. 
I did not notice that. I feel like I would have noticed that. I mean, his eyebrows are very light in color and his brow bone are like very squishing out. So it just looks, it has that Matt Smith, no eyebrows look. Huh. I just, I'm, I don't trust it. Interesting. I noticed it right away on Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt Smith, I think, really doesn't have eyebrows. Yeah. This guy has a watered down version of that. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I have big, bushy eyebrows. It has never once looked like... Well, the only time it's ever looked like I don't have eyebrows is when I had eyebrow. <laughs> but anyway, she goes to talk to this no eyebrow having foo. <laughs> and so Joan is at the art gallery. More like the fart gallery. I'm sorry. Go on. More like the fart gallery. <laughs> she talks to the husband. He says, well, she R-U-N-N-O-F-T. So. Run the fuck away? No, it's it's a reference to Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I don't I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's so it's a good it's a movie. It's a George Clooney movie based on the Odyssey. Oh. It's really good. That actually does sound interesting. It's the Cohen Bros. Ooh, that sounds even more interesting. How's that sound? Sounds good. So he says, Yeah, you know, she was getting depressed. She was depressed right before she left because of the whole woman with the subway and the, you know, pushing and all that. And and honestly, I just want to make sure that she's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even want her back. She probably doesn't want me. I just want to make sure that she's safe and happy and I want loved. Her, I want her to know that she could do whatever she wants to do in life. I'm such a good guy. Mm-hmm. And Jonah's like, oh, thank you so much. Call me if you think of anything else. And she leaves and then immediately calls Sherlock and is like, yep, he did it. (laughs) He's a lying baboon. Uh Uh-huh. So Joan explains at the brownstone. So she plays this little tape recorder that's got a tape of the husband being interviewed by the police when when, um, Callie was first missing. And in the police tape, he's going, oh, I just wanted to come home. I just, she's happy. Not I don't even, even me. Not just because she, not because I think she'd want to get back with me. I just want her to know she could do whatever she wants. I'm such a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's saying the same thing. And Sherlock is like, okay, so he's saying the same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joe's like, I've got a major case of deja vu. <laughs> And Sherlock is like, okay, I mean, maybe he, it sounded repetitive because he's said it so many times that he's had to just kind of memorize it. And Jonah's like, he, he, he did it. I know it. He didn't, he doesn't care about her. He killed her. And Sherlock is like, well, sounds like it's getting serious. Um, now that it's a murder case and not a, you know, missing person, do you want me to tag in? And Jonah's like, no, this is my case. I can do it. Yeah. I can do anything you can do. But if you were going to help, how would you help? (laughs) Um, In this scene also, uh, Sherlock is eating something out of a bowl. And he's so hunched over, over his bowl. He's like, his mouth is like four inches from the bowl. He doesn't want to spill. Mm -hmm. He loves to, he loves eating, you know? Do we ever see him eat off of a plate? Um, I don't know. The only thing that comes to mind is him eating stew out of a mug. Spaghetti. Spaghetti stew. Cincinnati chili. Um, this time of year, yeah. 
So Joan asks Sherlock, not to help her, but, you know, to tell her what he would do if he were to help her. And he's like, I got this. Have you heard of a term called gaslighting? And Joan has not been on Twitter in 2019, so no, she has not heard the word <laughs> gaslight. So he he uses he explains the like real definition, the original definition, which is a, you know based off the short story where the husband is turning on the gas and then turning it off, and then when the wife is like, "Do you smell like do you smell gas in here?" and he's like, "No, I don't smell anything. You must be going crazy." Mm-hmm. You you must want to uh, be crazy and divorce me. I don't know how the story ends, but anyway, um, um, I'm pretty sure it ends with uh, someone accidentally uh, striking a match and the entire house blowing up. Really? No, but that's how I would imagine letting gas out into your house to fuck with your wife ends. Just a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He should have gone with the old-fashioned way of um, messing with your wife with gas, which is farting. Dutch ovens. And then she says, did you fart? And you say, no, must be the dog. Must be. What dog? <gasps> the neighbor's dog came in here and farted. In the <laughs> we never should have given him a key. <laughs> so he goes, Sherlock goes to his closet and he takes out this box that's on the top shelf of his closet that's full of cell phones that are all different shapes and sizes and styles. He pulls out a little red one, and he says, We are going to gaslight Mr. Killer Man. So he he uses one of the, t- the burner phones, you know, these phones that are untraceable because they're who knows where they're from, and he throws them out after he uses them. Everyone knows what a burner phone is. Well, yeah. But just, they're like prepaid cell phones. You buy them at a, you know, a, a, a hot dog stand on New York City Street. But I don't think that that's what these are. I think these are phones that he, like, that, like, fell off a truck and stuff like that that he just randomly has acquired. Because they're all, like, one has, like, a hot pink case on it. Hmm. So are you saying that you think he's pickpocketed phones and he's using other people's phones to... No, I think he's bought random ones that people are selling because they're... So someone else stole these phones and then sold them on the cheap. Uh-huh. And he, interesting. That's what I think. It doesn't matter. They're I think it does. I think if we're going to sit here and, and watch and enjoy a television show, we got to uh, examine the the moral corruptions of our protagonist. What, you're saying stealing is bad? No, nah, it's fine. I mean, what? So Sherlock uses one of these burner phones to text the husband. I know you killed her. And then he's like, so then we just... Tail him and see what happens. Well, yeah, because he says, I know I know you killed her, and I know where you stored the body. Or I know where you put the body. Oh, uh, yeah. Something. There's another line in there. Mm-hmm. And so he's like... And he says, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? And the killer writes back, it's a trunk. <laughs> yeah, come on. So, Joan has a new task, which is to follow the husband, see where he goes. Ah! Quite a quite a common detective task. Very, very important and boring task. Yes, yeah, sometimes you have to sit in a car. Mm-hmm. And, and Sherlock even mentions, you'll have to rent a car for this. Yes. <laughs> because they don't even have a car to sit in. No, because they're New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. They have to go to the car store. They, they take cabs everywhere. 
I feel like I, when I go to work, because I also don't have a car, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like I should rent a car to take a nap in. Because <laughs> there's nowhere else that I can do it. Yeah. I, I used to do that a lot when we were doing more deliveries, if I ever had time between deliveries, but not enough time to go home and take a nap. I would just park in the uh, parking garage next door and then take a nap there. Yeah. There were even a couple times where I knew I was going to have time between deliveries, and I packed uh, my pillow, pet, and blanket. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. The closest I get to napping in my car is when I nap on the train to fast travel. The closest you get to napping in a car is anytime I drive you anywhere where you're asleep for about 99% of the drive. Yeah. If the drive is longer than 12 minutes, I'm like, so great to be here with you. Yeah. And I'm always like, I hope you don't mind me sleeping. And you're like, no, it's fine. I'm like, we've been together for almost two years. I know what to expect. <laughs> you're like, I can't stop you it's if like I you, wanted it's to. It's like you woke up and you were like, hey, I hope you don't mind. I have eyes and hair. <laughs> Still? Again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you want, I'm sorry that I have eyes and hair. If you want me to poke them out, I won't. I just wish that the numbers of your hairs and the number of your eyes were reversed. (laughs) (laughs) Yet another impossible beauty standard for non-binary people. (laughs) Horrible. Am I clinking around with my overalls? I was going to say, are are you an overalls non-binary person or are you a 12,000 eyes kind of non-binary person? (laughs) Are you an accurate biblical angel (laughs) non-binary person? Two hairs, those biblical angels. <laughs> Very uh, Tommy Pickles of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, Homer Simpson. Mm. He has the two squiggly lines. Or is it one squiggly line that goes around his head? Oh, the, the squiggle comb over. So Sherlock has his own thing to do as well. He's like, there's been a development in my case, not to brag. His completely separate case that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Unrelated. No relations. Mm-mm. So this, there's been a suspect found in the pushing. So this woman... <sighs> pushing. Pushing case. Ah, pushing. <laughs> but pushing suspect. Ah, pushing. Okay. <laughs> so um, this woman that got pushed, uh, we'll call her... Fl- Flower lady go smush. That's longer than just saying... The pushing's victim. Oh, the pushy. The pushy. The pushy. The pushy with a nice tushy. <laughs> that would be me. Mm-hmm. If you got pushed. If I got pushed. Mm-hmm. I hope you never do, but if you did, you'd have a nice tushy. <laughs> so, um, the pushy. <laughs> you don't think my tushy's too flat? <laughs> it would be. You want to r- run a train on this tushy? Oh. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> Pushy's about to get railed. Oh. Right on track. Mm. But the Pushy, there's a suspect in her pushing because there's this guy that they show her, show him her photo. And he's like, oh, yeah, I recognize her from the news. She got pushed in the news. And Sherlock's like, yeah, but that's not how you really know her. Mm-mm. Because you work in the same building. You know her from staring at her. She's a receptionist, and every time she goes up the stairs, you go down down the stairs so you can get a look at her. <laughs> staring at her. <laughs> I get it. Staring. Yeah. 
but 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 he, uh, she's a, a receptionist in this building, and he is a um, custodial um, expert en- engineer. Engineer, Engin- custodial engineer. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I might have lightly stalked her a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how they come around to this. I think the captain is like, you have a record, right? Yeah, yeah. He has a he's he's stalked before. Mm-hmm. And then Sherlock also says, you know, we looked at the surveillance photo, surveillance video. That, that, that is one thing that uh, is amazing about Sherlock Holmes. It's like, yes, he always finds the, the needle in the haystack, but it's because he looks over every single piece of hay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll watch hours and hours of surveillance video. Yeah. And he'll watch it seven videos at a time. Right. So, so he, yeah, he, wa- I, he probably watches it like... 14 to 21 times faster than anyone else could. Right, because he watches it on high speed as well. Yeah. Yeah. And seven screens. Mm hmm. He's just a good looker. You know? <laughs> He's good at looking. Which apparently is fine for Sherlock, but this janitor gets in trouble for looking too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's different when you follow someone around and record them on your phone without them knowing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, okay, yeah, I recorded her on my phone. I was watching her all the time. And and Sherlock is like, so maybe you're the pusher um, because, you know, the object of your affection, it didn't return your advances. So you went mad and pushed her. Yeah. And he shows the video. Um, Sherlock shows the surveillance video of, of her being pushed. And he's like, you mean you're not anywhere else on the video? Maybe you're right there being in disguise. Maybe you're right there in disguise as the pusher. And the guy's like, "No, I was following her that day too. Yeah, I was the, just out of out of frame." The the classic, I couldn't have committed this big bad crime because I was committing this small bad crime. Yep, yeah. He's like, "I'm right out of frame in a disguise doing a different thing." <laughs> I'm I'm filming her and here's the video. Of me filming her. Mm-hmm. So he shows that, and, and sure enough, he, he gets the guy on camera pushing the woman, but from this angle, we can't see his face either. Nope. And you hear the, the stalker being like, no! Oh, no! When, when she gets pushed. Yeah. So you know that it's not like his friend filming him pushing. Although Sherlock does have a theory that it's possible that he hired someone else to, to push her. Uh, all while he could record it and, and watch it forever. Mm. So Sherlock gives Joan a call, and he's like, so how are you loving the core pillar of detective work, surveillance? And Joan is like, my ass hurts. <laughs> sore, I've been sitting here. She's like, if you mean sitting on my butt watching a guy do nothing, it's great. And Sherlock's like, yeah, it's an often overlooked and very valuable part of detecting, and it is super fucking boring. <laughs> and Joan is like, well, you know, whatever. He's still at the art gallery, uh, but I've got all night, so. And then Sherlock... She's like, I, I, I got a few good hours left in me. Which I think is, is, is probably true, because, like, you know, surgeons are sometimes doing surgery for just hours on end. True, yeah. So, and- yeah, and, and luckily she brought... <laughs> along her travel edition of Operation <laughs> so she can play. Stay sharp. Yeah, so she says that she's good to be there all night, and Sherlock's like, all night except for the hours of 8 to 10 p.m. approximately. She's like, what's that? <laughs> He's like, I heard your conversation last night. You you made plans to go with your friends. Mm-hmm. Did you forget? She's like, yeah. 
He's like, well, I didn't. I didn't. Alfredo is coming by to relieve you. Heck yeah. I think the one thing elementary the show could use more of is Alfredo. It's true. He's very good. He has a great attitude and he's very, he's funny. I like him. He's a really good friend. So, and in classic Sherlock fashion, he's like, I rem- I remembered you making plans. I figured you were going to forget. I didn't, I wanted you to, you know, I wanted you to be able to make your commitment with your friends. So I called Alfredo. He's going to relieve you. And Joan in the middle of being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing that for me. Sherlock takes the phone away from his head and beep, hangs <laughs> up on her. He's like, I, I'm doing this nice thing for you, but God, let's not talk about it. <laughs> I don't care about talking about it. it, it it's also, I, I feel like it's one of those time management things where he's just like, I did a nice thing for you. I know you appreciate it. I don't need to hear you appreciate it. Right, right. And then have me pretend to, oh, it's nothing. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so meanwhile, Sherlock is back with Gregson. They are looking at the new cell phone footage that they just got from uh, the possible killer, definite stalker. You know, uh, a whole new angle on this uh, murder investigation. Mm-hmm. Literally. 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 And and what they notice is the fiddler on the tube. The fiddler on the tube. There's a, a man uh, playing the fiddle. And even though you cannot hear it, Sherlock, knowing the violin, knows that it's uh, quite a fancy piece mm-hmm. of uh, orchestral music. And he's like, this is Capriani's Polisnes, Bedivsti, the third opus. <laughs> and Captain is like, how do you know he's playing Panini's whatever? And he's like, I can tell from the fingerings. You didn't know I played violin? And Captain says, before today, I didn't know you ate food. <laughs> It's funny, Sherlock is like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything about my personal life. You don't don't know everything about my personal life? You don't know my hobbies? (laughs) Um, And he's like, why does it matter what song he's playing? And Sherlock says, well, it's because he stops halfway through and leaves. Hmm. Maybe because he recognizes our pusher? Yes. Yes, and they they, they rewind and they, they watch again. And it does seem that the fiddler looks up sees our pusher, and then very quickly packs up his violin and and kicks rocks, as they say. Does that mean leaving? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought go kick rocks was just like, here's a different activity for you to do instead of being here. Oh. I don't know. No, I think think you're right. I gotta go kick rocks. Those rocks aren't gonna kick themselves. I gotta go kick a man about a rock. I gotta go kick the rock. And then Dwayne would probably kill me. I can smell what he's cooking, and I don't like it. (laughs) I'm going to kick him. So Joan meets up with her friends at the bar. Friends? Oh, yeah. I thought she was just meeting Emily. Well, that's what what Joan thought, too. But her two other friends are there from the flashback. That's nice. They they threw a little uh, party for her? Sort of. It's like a party. Um, and they're like, so Joan, um, your mom called. She said you're a detective now and she's really proud of you. And we don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> um, what's happening? We're worried about you. And Joan is like, is this an intervention? And they're like, no, no, no. It's, it's just a, a group of friends that are concerned about your well-being and the life uh, direction you are taking. 
Yeah, she's like, that's the definition of an intervention. <laughs> I have put together so many of these. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you seem lost ever since you quit being a doctor, you know? You know, your your current uh, mentor was your previous sober client. Like, you're moving in with this dude to be a detective. One of them's like, are you sleeping with them? Are you, are you too boning? Because that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. She's like, no, uh, I like detecting, uh... And Joan is like, uh, bye. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing this. And they were like, look, it's just, you're not a detective. We just know you and it's not what you are. Yeah. And Emily is like, I'm just, I'm just concerned for you. I mean, I mean, what if I stopped being a journalist and, and started being a professional windsurfer? Mm-hmm. And Joan is like, those things are not comparable. Not the, not the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm saving, well, I'm solving murders. Yeah. I'm not windsurfing. And then she gets a text from Alfredo that says, uh, white dude on the move. <laughs> and she's like, well, I have to go leave. So goodbye. And they're at a, a storage facility. Yeah, Alfredo picks up Joan. They go to a storage facility. And we see... Um, the husband. Husband. Yeah, I didn't know if he had another name. If he does, just, I don't know it. Well, I was going to say doctor husband, but he's not a doctor. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not the pilot. Um, he's also not a pilot. <laughs> so the non-doctor pilot husband <laughs> comes out of the storage uh, facility. He was talking to the manager. And on his dolly is a trunk. A huge trunk. The trunk. The trunk. The man-sized trunk. Mm. And Joan is like, oh, f- oh, fuck. This is the trunk with a body in it. There's a body in there. There's a body in there. And Alfredo was like, okay, let's call the cops then. And Joan was like, no, I can do it myself. Fuck the cops. Alfredo was like, Joan, not, do not just go. I, like, I, I do. I do like, she's like, what? You don't think I can break in? And Alfredo's like, no, I know you can. You're really good at breaking into cars. And so Joan's like, thanks. And leaves. <laughs> He's like, no. Yeah. So she opens the trunk of the car um, to see the trunk in the car. <laughs> And then the security... And next to the, the car is an elephant with a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's the security manager. So the security guard comes up to Joan and says... <laughs> I can't do a good... Can you do a good elephant sound? I'm an elephant. <laughs> yeah, I think you, your efforts are just as good, or if not better, than mine. Oh, you're saying mine is just as good as you it's saying? It's pretty good. I'm an elephant? No, I'm saying my actual attempt at an elephant noise would be very similar to what you were doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half of those were Alec doing them. Don't lie. <laughs> so the security guard elephant is like, hey, you're breaking into somebody's ha- uh, car? What the heck? And the guy, the husband, comes out because he's like, hey, what's going on here? Why are you breaking into my car? And Joan is like, I'm investigating this man. I think he killed his wife and put... Her body in the trunk. I think I, th- I think he did it. And you can look him up on your phone. His name is husband. Husband. <laughs> and you know. And you'll see that that his his wife has gone missing and other things on the internet because there's a lot of stuff on. There's the internet. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. You but. <laughs> if you search his name, you'll get the news article about that and an ad for Bernie and Phil's. <laughs> so they're like. Okay, well, yeah, she might be telling the truth, dude. Like, is your... I mean, we have to see. You know, it's, a, it's an easy way to tell if she's lying or not. 
Just open your trunk. Yeah, and while this is going on, the security guy must have uh, called the police uh, before he uh, sauntered over to Joan because the police have now also arrived. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't have to open shit. And they're like, well, yes, you do. Open them for us or open, the, open it for the police. And so he opens the trunk. And inside is a dead air. It's, it's dead air. There's nothing. There's nothing in there. There's no person in there. There's no nothing in there. There's nothing. It's empty. Womp womp. It's not even a note that says, yeah, I killed my wife. What about it? <laughs> so Joan is in jail. Aww. Oops. Sherlock goes to visit Joan in jail. And he does this thing that I think is very considerate. He walks up to the, the pane of glass and he just, like, between them, and he just stands there and he waits for her to pick up the phone and then he picks up the phone, mm. you know, on either side of the wall. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, he's not like, you have to talk to me. It's him being like, would you like to talk to me? That is nice. Right. And he says... Or maybe he was just afraid that the phones were poisons and, and he wanted uh, uh, Joan to, to test it first. <laughs> maybe. He's very cautious. <laughs> and um, Sherlock says, Wow. Deja vu. I think I've been in a place before. Deja vu by Herbert Erpers. Um, yeah, he says, I have the strongest sense of deja vu. And maybe this is where... The title comes in. Maybe. Maybe it's Deja Maybe Vu. that's all it is. <laughs> and Sherlock is like, Watson, you took a chance. And fa- fortune often favors the bold. And he says like his Sherlock version of like, I'm proud of you. You yeah. went after it. And Jonah's like, yeah, I was wrong though. And he was like, you were wrong about one thing that landed you in jail. <laughs> it happens to all of us. So, oh, and I, I feel for her so bad when she's like, I just, I can't stop shaking this feeling that if you were the one to, to open up that trunk, she'd be in there. Yeah. But because it was me, she wasn't. Yeah. It's hard to feel like you're doing the right thing when you're not the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So Sherlock explains what had happened with the trunk, which is the reason disappeared around the time that Callie disappeared is that the husband, when she disappeared, sold the trunk out of, like, spite, and also he needed the money. Yeah, because it's like a couple thousand dollar worth of maple wood. It's an antique trunk. trunk. Yeah. Yeah. And so he sold it to a collector. And then, you know, getting harassed by the sister um, and Joan, he realized he had to come clean about it. And he hadn't said anything earlier, like when Kelly first disappeared because he didn't want to be like, yeah, I sold her property. Yeah. Because he's not, he wasn't really allowed to. Well, yeah. I mean, technically it wasn't theirs. It wasn't, it wasn't even his wife's. It was his wife's sister's. Right. And she was just holding on to it. Right. So, but now, you know, having a second person being like, I think your wife's dead body's in that trunk. He's like, all right, this is too much hassle. I have to just return it to the sister. Like, any amount of anger she might feel about me taking the trunk that's not mine, I have to get the suspicion that her sister's in there off my back. Right. May- or maybe he's just feeling guilty about selling it and he needs to get it off his chest. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> uh, same joke again. <laughs> I'll try to work it in there a third time. Don't you worry. Sounds good. 
And so he bought the trunk back from the collector that he sold it to. And the storage space wasn't even his. It was the collector's that had bought it from him. So Sherlock, I think, pays Jones bail. And then she's out. And they go back to the brownstone. And Sherlock is like, okay, you kind of need a boost. I need some help with my thing. So let's work on both of our cases together as a team. Oh, yeah. He's like, once you help me with my pusher case, then I'll, we'll find, you know, we'll find a way to nail husband. Yeah. We're going to bone him. No. What? Not that. No. He says a different thing. Okay. So, so Sherlock and Belle now go to speak with the fiddler on the tube. Uh, they have somehow identified him. But he's not on the tube. He's no longer on the tube. He's just the fiddler on the street. He's on the sidewalk. So they want to know what or who the fiddler saw. Because they're pretty sure they, he, that, that he recognized our pusher. And that's why he left. So, so maybe he can help us find this pusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fiddler just doesn't really seem very uh, willing to help. No. He doesn't really uh, trust the police. No. Um, uh, or British men in general. He's on the sidewalk because he's gotten busted so many times for being for playing on the, the subway platform with no permit. Which is just fucking stupid. But uh, anyway, um, and then Sherlock leans in and uh, stage whispers so that we can hear him. Mm-hmm. And Bell, who is two feet behind, cannot. Nope. He goes, I know you're actually a, a pickpocketer. You, you you pick people's pockets. And, and I could see that because you've been you've been eyeing my coat, which, you know, fine, I get it. You gotta check out these coats. But but maybe you gotta help me out now, or I'm gonna tell Detective Bell over here you're a pickpocketer. So he noticed that the guy was a pickpocket because he watched him pick people's pockets before they crossed the street. Oh yeah. Well that that too. <laughs> Okay, so we know he's a pickpocketer. Uh, Fiddler doesn't want the cops to know he's a pickpocketer. So he admits that that he recognized the pusher because he tried to pick his pockets the night before. And then when he recognized him, uh, he, he didn't want to get into a, another fight. Because the guy had caught him right the day before. Pusher had caught him. Fiddler punched him, ran off, didn't want to get caught this time. So he booked it. Mm-hmm. He had no idea he was about to push this lady in front of the train. He just had his own personal vendetta or personal whatever. Yes, personal fear. Yeah. So Sherlock is like, now as a pickpocketer, I can see you sizing up my bulge as my bulging pockets. <laughs> my jacket, you're studying it to, to find the, you know, vulnerabilities and openings. And he's like, there aren't any because my pockets are filled with piranhas. <laughs> and water? Okay. (laughs) So he's like, you must study everybody's jackets, every little detail, like the patches on people's jackets. Oh, you mean like how our pusher had a distinct patch on his jacket? Mm Mm-hmm. So they finally get a visual match for the patch. (laughs) A patch match. And Sherlock is showing this patch match to Joan while they're hanging out at the precinct. And the captain comes in, and he's like, oh, apparently the husband's name is Drew. The captain comes in, and he says, so, I've invited Drew down to the station, and he says that if you apologize, young lady, and offer to pay for the damages, he will drop the charges. And Joan's like, Drew, I'm sorry that you're a little bitch. No, she doesn't She doesn't say she that. She doesn't do that. No, she should. Mm, I don't know about that one. But... 
Sherlock, as soon as the captain floats this possibility, Sherlock is like, um, Joan is right and she should never back down because this guy sucks. And Joan is like, I, I'm not, I'm not you, Sherlock. I can't tell people to suck my butt. <laughs> I, I've never had a record before. So, um, Joan says, you know, I don't know. My friends were telling me that uh, they don't think I'm a detective. Maybe this whole thing was a mistake. And Sherlock says, opinions are like ain't I, Watson. <laughs> Which, of course, is the plural of anus. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know, I thought it was anuses. I think it could be both. Yeah, ain't I. Everyone has them. And they're usually full of shit. No, they stink. They usually they stink. Well, if you want to be a little PG baby about it, sure. Your anus can't be full of shit because it's just the opening. So Yeah, well, tell that to my anus. Tell that to your anus! I don't think I like that thought. Let's maybe move forward from the anus discussion. So Joan goes and talks to Rebecca, um, the the sister, to basically tell her, Sorry, uh, I messed up. I can't really do this case anymore. Mm -hmm. Guess your sister's just gone forever. Mm -hmm. And in the background, uh, uh, Rebecca has a fancy picture frame. One of those digital ones uh, that, that kind of, like a screensaver circles through different pictures and one of them is a picture of his her sister in a bomber jacket with a circular patch that looks just like the one our pusher was wearing it's the match patch it's, it's a match patch it's a patch match we patched the match and she's like oh my god callie's jacket and rebecca goes you mean drew's jacket <gasps> It was Drew. She only gave it to her that night because she was cold. Mm-hmm. And Joan is like, wait a minute. Has Drew ever had a beard? And she's like, yeah. He shaved it right about when Callie went missing. Ooh. Coincidence? Maybe. 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 <laughs> we don't know. So now Sherlock and Joan have continued to join forces. They are at the brownstone with their clue wall but it's two clue walls for the two crimes that they're trying to solve. And there's a little gap in the middle. So Sherlock is walking them through their process and they're like, he's like, I don't know how, what, how you, so he might be the pusher. So he pushes this woman that he doesn't know and then his wife leaves him. Yeah, I, I don't understand how A leads to B. How could he kill this random person on the subway and know that will cause his wife to have funny feelings and ultimately leave him? Yeah. How does A lead to B? And Joan says, what if B leads to A? <gasps> bah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not ab. Not ab. It's ba. Ba. It's not the first half of the word abba. It's the second half. <laughs> And Sherlock is like, what? So She was a detecting queen. Probably like 37. <laughs> so um, before we get to this discovery, though, Joan is like, I don't know if I should even, I don't, should I help you on this case? I, maybe I should be a detective at all. Joan is like, I don't know. Maybe it's not. <laughs> and Sherlock is like, did I tell you? how distracting self-doubt is just stop 
I'm never going to solve this case with you doubting yourself in the background. And Joan is like, do I need to remind you that I made a mistake today that put me in jail? He's like, do I have to remind you that you made a discovery today that could catch our killer? He makes a good point. He makes a great point. I love it. And he's like, we can either doubt ourselves or work with on this case. And I am fully engaged. How about you? And she's like, I want to solve this case. So then we have the, how does A lead to B? Maybe B leads to A. It, it sounds like we have a lot of pieces that are starting to come together, but we don't really have a full picture. And what I could use right now is a parlor room reveal. So we go to the parlor room. And by parlor room, I mean investigation and interrogation room. The police office. So Drew is in there. The husband's in there. And the captain says, does this remind you of anything? And he hands Drew a printout of a website with ads on the side and everything. You know, there's this thing called Reader View, Captain, <laughs> where you can just print out the news article and not the whole website. It's fine. So Drew is like, huh, this woman who died from being pushed. Yes, I remember her. Callie cited her in her goodbye letter video. And Captain is like, hmm, do you recognize this? And it's a picture of the jacket with the, the patch on it. And Drew's like, ah, yes, that jacket that I gave away to Goodwill. Who knows how long ago? Definitely be, uh, wasn't me. And It's like every time a bad guy's like, my car was stolen. My car was I st- just forgot to report it. Yeah. And Sherlock's like, oh, that's interesting. Did you also give Goodwill your beard? <laughs> and he's like, I tried, but they wouldn't take it. <laughs> right. You have to braid it <laughs> before you can donate it. So Joan is like, well, this is my theory, is that... When your wife left you the first time, a year and a half ago, she left a video that said, the woman with the flowers, blah, 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 I'm leaving you. And you realized this was the perfect alibi to kill your wife. Or not alibi, perfect excuse. And so you just needed to recreate the circumstances that led to the first time your wife left you. So you just needed to have another woman with flowers die on the subway. Right, because 18 months ago, when she made this video saying she was leaving, there was another incident of, was it a teacher? Yeah, some woman. Some woman that had flowers and... Was bringing flowers to her friend in the hospital. Right. And uh, some kids got into a shoving match and accidentally pushed her. So Drew was like, you don't know, you're, you're, you're just some woman. You're not even a detective. You're just, you just have some theory and you don't like me. So you want it to be true that I killed her. You're making up some random story. And they're like, okay, so you're saying you definitely didn't do it. You definitely didn't push that woman and you didn't kill your wife. He's like, no, I didn't. And then the captain is like in his exposition voice or his, is in his parlor room reveal voice. He's like, Callie emailed you that video six months ago, but we know that it was you Hacking into her emails, deleting the old video from 18 months ago and resending it six months ago because we have the archive saved on the server. That's right. You can't get rid of anything online. Nope. It's always there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they did it. They got him. They did it. Yeah. And Sherlock is so proud of Joan. Joan did it almost entirely on her own. She figured it out. All Sherlock had to do was offer emotional support. Kind of a role reversal this time. Yeah, and I guess the only thing that Sherlock really 
did in that investigation was send the text, which led to the nothing. crate discovery, which was nothing. The trunk, I don't even know that the trunk discovery was because of the text. It was. Well. Oh. No. It had just been from right. Joan being Could've like, just been. and the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. So really all Sherlock did was waste everyone's time. <laughs> so now Joan is in bed. Ooh. Sorry. (laughs) Go on. She's doing normal bed stuff, like looking at her Microsoft Surface. (laughs) And she gets a call from Emily. And Emily is like, I just want to say, and Joan is like, you want to say sorry for being such a jerk to me and for saying that being a detective is crazy? (laughs) Yeah. Joan is hostile during this. Understandably, too. I mean, she as soon as she picks up, Emily's like, oh, I didn't know. You were going. I didn't think you were going to. I didn't know if you would. Joan was like, yeah, neither did I. Yeah. And yeah, Emily is like, I just wanted to say, and Joan is like, you were out of line yesterday. But then Emily's like, I'm not going to apologize for being worried about you switching careers so much, but I will apologize for doubting you because my editor just gave me the weirdest story of a woman getting pushed because a guy wanted to cover up his wife's murder. What? Sound familiar to you, Joan? Sounds familiar to me. I'm, I didn't ask you. Oh. <laughs> and Joan was like, yeah, I think I heard of that case. I think I heard of a little lady named Joan Watson who solved it. <laughs> and Sherlock pops his head in and he's like, oh, oh uh, wh- when you have a moment, come downstairs. I have some files that my friend sent over to me for help on a homicide case. I solved it within seconds. I want to see how long it takes you to solve it. It was funny. When I first heard him say that, I was like, oh, he wants her help. No. He was like, no, I solved it within literally four seconds. Yeah. And uh, Joan is like, oh, you know, um, Emily, I have I have a work thing I have to do. Can I call you back? And Emily's like, yes, I'll see you later. Aw. Yeah. They're friends again. And yeah. I can't wait to see so much more of Emily. You're going to have to wait a while, I think. <laughs> she is not a... Regular character. No. So Joan is on base fuck. That sounds really <laughs> vulgar. Um, I just meant like she's on like blaze block. Uh-huh. She's on mice block. Mm-hmm. She's on flitter. She's on flitter. Well. Oh, oh, she's on OkCupid. I'm pretty sure this is like her dating profile. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. We'll have to revisit and see who's right. It's me. Okay. So it says, my name is Joan. I work as a, and on her profile it says, sobriety counselor. And she clicks edit, and she changes it to consulting detective. Yeah! She's a detective! And she believes in herself! Yeah! So that's episode. We did it! Yay! Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't get any questions on our Twitter. Well, I've got a question for you. Is there anything you want to get off your chest? (laughs) (laughs) if you would ever like to get in touch with us on twitter see some pictures of babo see some videos of babo you can tweet at us at lmnopcast on twitter um you can also chat with us in our discord which is our pinned tweet on twitter you can join our discord we've got some fun emoji we've got some very serious emoji Mm. and um we also post photos of balto there so what more could you need yeah we are hosted by noisespace.xyz, the home of several podcasts such as LMNOP 
and a new podcast about elementary called LMNOP. <laughs> you can also listen to the podcast that I'm on. LMNOP. LMNOP with my partner, Alec. So if you would like to find me, I am Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at Flight Cub B. The second B stands for Blaise Block. And if you would like to find me... Go ahead and watch the pilot episode of Kevin Bacon's City on a Hill. And during the bar fight scene, I am a barkeep wearing a baseball uh, style long sleeve shirt. You're a barkeep? Well, I'm like, I'm not the bartender, but I'm like one of the bar hands. A bar back? A bar back. Interesting. Yeah. Also the way I like to fuck. Bar Bar back. Bar back. <laughs> That's, that's where you don't wear a condom, but you do wear a striped shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's when while having sex, I am also wiping down a, a uh, mug. A glass? A glass, yeah. What I, no, we serve beer in mugs here. It's an old-timey bar. It took place in the 90s. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, this shoot was the only time I have experienced 1992. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I experienced 1992 for four wonderful months. So, and then also one terrible month. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you so much for listening. This marble will keep on rolling. Goodbye. Real quick before we go, um, I did just um, go back to that uh, last episode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely not a dating site. It says Joan Watson is single, uh -huh. which is why it made me... But yeah, it's definitely a, a book face. Okay. In a rare turn of events, I am right and you are wrong. Had to happen once. One for the history books. Goodbye. Goodbye.